0: Welcome to The Red Podcast, a place where bold, inspired, outrageously courageous, and just a tad bit naughty women leaders come together. I'm Elaine Kalila, and I'm the founder of the Priestess Presence Temple, a sisterhood of over 80,000 women. For the past 25 years, I've had the great pleasure and privilege of supporting, inspiring, catalyzing, and initiating women to remember who they are, The Red Podcast is a place where you can come to lean into your edges, listen for that which yearns to be expressed more fully through you, and to say yes to the places that probably scare you. More importantly, I'm going to be talking with some amazing women who are spiritual and grounded, and we're going to be chatting about what it takes for each one of us to step into the legacy of our purpose and fully bring it to the world that we're here to co-create. Your presence is a gift, so I say bring it. We're here to listen to your red, your leading edge, that place of evolution within you. hope you enjoy the conversations. Well, hello, hello, yeah. We're back with another episode of The Red Podcast. And so I am here today so excited because we're gonna have a juicy conversation. That's all I'm gonna say to you. <laughs> I've got my beloved sister, Asha Shah, with me. Oh my God, what can I say about this incredible woman? I mean, seriously, y'all. She is one of the most amazing ecstatic alchemists that I could ever imagine bringing to you. And what you may ask is that, well, she is a practitioner of practically, I don't even know, dozens of different (laughs) modalities, (laughs) sacred tantric arts, embodied dance. She is a musician and um, a hip hop artist. She is like really one of these sisters who leads the way for all of us to step into the erotic, alive, expressive sensual wild powerful beautiful tender feminine and so i can't think of anyone better to talk to about ecstatic alchemy than you welcome Asia.
1: <laughs> thank you so much for that beautiful 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 heartfelt welcome and i'm so grateful to be here um so grateful to to have this conversation with you and um you're such a beautiful ecstatic alchemist (laughs) yourself and i glean so much from you and from your grace Uh and your beauty and your your sensuousness and so Mm -hmm. i'm (laughs) deeply grateful for you because i've received so much from you so i I would be remiss to not mention that before Mm -hmm. i even begin
0: Mm. Well, I'll let you all know that I had the great honor of meeting Aja. She's been part of our Rosa Mystica Mystery School, which is the mystery school that is the Magdalene Mystery School of Sacred Mm. Anointing. And, um, you know, I know that you are deeply dedicated to raising the vibration of love and the healing of humanity through the reclamation of the sacredness of woman. Mm. Mm -hmm. Honey on my lips, honey on my
1: lips. (laughs) (laughs) Honey-tongued word. <laughs> right.
0: Seriously. Um, so, you know, I would, I think I'd love to start, Azure. It's just for you to share a little bit about how did you come to the goddess? How did you find your way to this incredible work that you are doing? And what, what's your story there?
1: Hmm. I think it was more of remembering her and she was always there as she always is and always present. But, you know, I grew up as many of us did in this, um, more Abrahamic traditions and, um, Western way of thinking and being in terms of religion and spirituality. But, um, I also had a mother who, though she was very deeply Christian and sang in the gospel choir and, um, took us to church every Sunday and Bible study and choir rehearsal with her. She was very much an embodied priestess as well and not afraid of the um, esoteric arts. And they always interested me and called to me. And, you know, she was a singer and she danced Mm. and she sang in jazz clubs. And, Mm. uh, you know, before I was born, she, she was a recording artist herself and, you know, very much a, 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 a woman who loved art and beauty and food and all the things sensuousness all of the, the the things we think of when we think about engaging the senses and you know she encouraged my curiosity so i would I want to go to a palm reader or a tarot reader and Uh all these things that I was interested in as a child. And she's like, okay, And (laughs) they very much were a part of her and a remembrance as well of some of these ancient priestess arts that we delve into now. Um, Herbs and plants and, you know, plant medicines. And so I, I, I always, you know, felt I remember being a really, really young girl one time and sitting and saying, I'm so happy. Like I'm in a female body. Like I love being a girl. <laughs> yeah. being a girl, And I was just like, I love this. <laughs> and I had two brothers and I was like, Oh, y'all are so gross. And, <laughs> but I, you know, I grew up in, you know, very much um, what you would imagine a typical American. Oh, well, I guess I shouldn't say typical because not so much, but our stories are are, are all, you know, the same in some ways same same but different um but grew up with two boy with two brothers and very much wanting super girly but also very much a tomboy and wanting to <laughs> to hang with them and do those martial arts and i was into hip hop so to mm-hmm. make a very 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 long story short i i always knew that i i was i was always very comfortable in my body in embodied practices, these practices of moving and being in your body, had a lot of body awareness very young. So nothing that I did on my own, how I came here and was always a dancer and a performer and um, very physical in the things I did, but also very much a reader. I was very, I mean, I have over 2000 books in my house now at last count. So very, you know, balanced in both ends, very very mental and very physical at the same time, so I had this good balance. But um, I went down the path of music and became a hip hop artist and um, had a record deal, put out an album, and um, wasn't really. I started feeling uncomfortable with the the images that I was that I was being encouraged to promote, images that were being pushed in urban music and encouraged, and that I felt like. I heard spirit speaking to me saying, this is not the path that you want to take. This is not what you are you know, here to do. You have a greater assignment. And I had two daughters at the time. And I remember looking at them saying, is this what I want them to emulate? And not that everything was all bad or to not describe bad or good too, but just um, not the most um, nourishing, nurturing, positive, influential force that I could be through music. And I watched this being encouraged in especially Black music. And I was like, I don't want to be a part of this. I don't want to be a part of the destruction in my community. And so I left the music industry literally hearing this voice asking, is this what you want for your daughters? And it was no. And then I just went down that path. And that spiritual journey that began over 20 years ago and took me down a lot of different paths from originally delving back into uh, Christianity and then mystical Christianity and, and yoga. And, you know, I have a blood lineage into South India, Tamil Nadu and West Africa and East Africa and Europe and all these different cultures that just started saying, hey, these are our traditions easier. They just, it's like the path was not a straight path that it was winding and spirally and sensuous and beautiful and took me down all these different paths where I collected all these different <laughs> practices <laughs> and had the the beautiful um, privilege of being able to travel around the world and sit at the feet of many um, masters and teachers and gurus and everyday folk to just receive from. And so Mm. that's as short as I can package (laughs) it into a very, very, very long story culminating into where I am now.
0: (laughs) Which is where, where would you say you are now?
1: Mm, Right now I am completely and wholeheartedly devoted to, to love, to the divine mother um, I always say this. I have a, a temple called Goddess Temple of Love, and it is in devotion to love. And it's, this temple space is really a true offering of love and to the collective healing of not just women, but all beings, but in divine service to the goddess, to the feminine aspect of divinity without negating the masculine. At all, because it's both very much important, but it is our mission to really support the reclamation of the uh, remembrance of the sacredness of woman, because she's always been sacred. We just have forgotten. Mm -hmm. And so really it is to. Help women heal to awaken the divine architects of the womb to for men to know and understand that they as they are stable pillars and understand the sacredness of woman as well is just a benefit to them that when women are elevated that it doesn't press them down, that as women come back into their full power, into the full sensuousness and sacredness of what it means to be woman, that it only elevates her to be able to pour into him and nurture and nourish him as well. So it's for the benefit of all beings. And we do this through many, many different practices um, and, and traditions that I've been initiated into.
0: Mm. Woo! Let's just feel this trajectory from hip hop artist mm. through to the decisions that you made, right? To really come back in full devotion and service. And by the way, y'all, you want to check out this website just to just to get a beauty ba- blast on the thegoddessoflove.com temple. Goddess Temple. Goddess mm-hmm. Temple oh, of
1: Love. love
0: oh, okay. Yeah, mm-hmm. the Goddess Temple of Love.com. And I'm only telling you to go there really because I just went there this morning and I was like, oh my goodness like if you want to get a feel for this divine feminine energy it's so beautifully expressed in your art and you the way you put that together so i want to just honor the journey you've been on and all of the integration from being a black belt in Mm. in karate is that
1: right um i have a black belt in tian Pai in kung fu with the the northern northern style of northern chinese style of kung fu and (laughs) <laughs> um, it's so funny. I've practiced martial arts my whole life. I practiced karate, then taekwondo, and right. when, when when kung fu found me, it that's what I ended up receiving a black belt in. But it was so beautiful because it's so flowy right. and. It's like we call it the deadly dance. It's so beautiful and flowy and circular instead of hard and straight lined and linear that that was the one that captured me. <laughs> yeah, I just
0: love it. You know, so here we are. This is what I'm talking about this integration, right? The remembrance and integration of this masculine and feminine within. That's what I'm really hearing, you know, from the bat mm-hmm. belt in kung fu through to being a womb sauna practitioner, through to being a tantric yogini, a shakta. And I, I want I, I just would love you to talk a little bit, more, a little bit about the the womb work that you do, just because I think that this is something that women are still coming to understand. And I know it's been a journey for me to really come into connection with my womb, not just as the physical organ of my womb, yeah. but also the understanding of the womb of all creation, the womb of the goddess, that we're born from her, unto her, that we are never disconnected from her. And I, I would love to have you talk a little bit into this womb magic, womb healing work that's part of on just one facet of what you do but there's an alchemy there that I think is yeah. so important would you be willing to just dive into that with us for a little bit
1: absolutely um Love. the womb and the the power of the womb that we've so often forgotten or been shamed for throughout throughout time you know the the blood was mm-hmm. in ancient times considered holy considered sacred um and that got twisted somewhere. We forgot the power. This got this the the, the, the patriarchal indoctrination that um, saw us as too powerful and wanted to bring us down. And so we've forgotten the, the real power of the womb, as you mentioned, not just from a physical organ that's able to give birth, to give life to creation, but all of the mysteries of the universe reside in there. This, I think it's um, um, when we look at it as truly, truly a microcosm of the macrocosm and that holographic imprint that it is of the cosmos. We find like all the mysteries of the universe there. And it doesn't matter if you still have a womb or not, because that energetic, the the divine architects, you know, the body is sacred geometry. And so there's divine architects throughout the body, the goddesses in the tantric tradition. And these architects, have different abilities and powers. And so when we there's so is so many different layers to this. I'm trying to, to not go down too many different rabbit holes with it and keep it just within mm-hmm. within a context of something that can be easily explained for something that's not so easily explained but that has to be exactly. and experienced. But this this tradition of you think about the Holy Grail. In our womb, the yoni, in, in Sanskrit, you know, we, we often talk about the yoni and we think that we're just talking about, it's often re- when it's used, referring just to the vagina, just to um, the the sexual uh, organs. But it really is talking about the whole entire female reproductive organ and this being the holy grail. Yeah. And in the Chantric tradition, the reason in that there's so much importance given to woman and the womb the yoni the this holy sacred grail is because it is a complete holographic imprint of the divine mother herself it's we understand that even this this mysteries that lie within us the the mysteries that we have this it's not about um, even being a feminist or a sexist idea, it's a tradition that supports the, the growth of both men and women. And then when we understand the significance of the womb and how much, um, how powerful this energy is, because we are living embodiments of the divine mother of creation and the guardians of the Holy Grail. Then we come to understand that, okay, there's more to this than just this physical organ. We are, and it's magnetic. It draws everything in. It's a very yin-receptive organ. And when we are out of balance within our womb as women, our entire, the rest of our being is out of balance and everything is affected in that way. If we think about one of the, most detrimental things to women's female hormonal health, which governs how we act, how we behave, how we move our emotional balance, is stress. And so we're in a society that's constantly putting uh, pressure and stress on us, which throws our hormones completely out of whack, completely out of balance, throwing our emotions completely out of balance, causing tons of womb maladies, uh, womb illnesses, and we have gotten, we're a culture that you listen a lot of times, women are, they're happy, like, oh, I'm so glad I'm getting a hysterectomy. I'm getting this thing out of me. I've heard conversations where women are like, oh, I couldn't wait to get um, this hysterectomy to have this, you know, because we don't understand in, in the significance of the womb, the power of the womb and how important it is that we once again empower our wombs energetically and physically so that we can fully walk out our assignments here, our passion, our compassion, that, that, that energy, it's not just we can create from the womb physically and energetically, but what are we creating? You know, what is the state of the womb? Are we honoring it as holy and sacred? Are we honoring the blood? Are we honoring the wisdom that we become after we no longer have the blood? Or are we looking at and still seeing and viewing ourselves as dirty as um, we need to be set aside during that time? We needed we were set aside in ancient times during that time because of the power (laughs) that the blood had. So there's, you know, so many different Mm -hmm. um, reasons and whys to um, caring for the womb energetically and physically. Mm. But this this. Tantric tradition of empowering and awakening the um, divine architects in the womb. This is what really makes us embodiments of the goddess, embodiments of the feminine aspect of divinity. When our biology changes, when we are beautiful inwardly radiant, when that's coming up, when we are the wisdom on the inside, you talk about the wisdom goddesses in Tantra, the Dasha Mahavidyas, and they reside inside the body, and many of them in the womb and in the yoni, and they're the wisdom, and when we awaken that, because the womb is cleared of energetic imprints, it's cleared of dis-ease, then we're able to awaken the wisdom on the inside of us, And then move in a way that is beneficial for all of humanity. We're not looking at ourselves as I'm not good enough for this or I'm not that or she's better or projecting uh, on the outside world or having the outside world projected upon us. But we're actually able to come into this realization of the oneness of being and the power that we have on the inside. And it's just so beautiful when that is awakened through something as simple yet as complex as the female womb. The oh. womb of creation and our connection with the divine mother. You Ooh. know, when we get to that stage where everything is grace, yeah. where everything is beautiful, where the world is beautiful. And even in the midst of suffering, we can see beyond the illusion. We need to clear the energetic gunk of the womb, the imprinting that's happened in the womb of woman collectively so yeah. that we can remember And I know that was still long and in different directions, but it's like so many different ways we can go when we talk about the womb and the Holy Grail and her power.
0: My gosh, you know, I could probably, we could talk all day about this, right? We could have a, you know, a whole week long- It would long, be never
1: ending. Right?
0: <laughs> a week long retreat just on this conversation. Just and I wanted- the
1: blood mysteries, just on the womb,
0: Exactly. And, and I, there's so many, I'm teeming with questions, you know, just to kind of tease apart some of what you've said. And one of the things, um, well, th- oh, there's so many, gosh. <laughs> there's so many but one of the things that you just said is fascinating to me and i'd love you to talk a little bit more about this and you were talking about awakening the divine architect in the womb that just that sentence and i was like ooh who is the divine architect in the (laughs) womb let's talk about that and then this whole idea that we are a living embodiment of the goddess and i think that this has been so removed, particularly in our Western minds, as even being a possibility, right? We were so separated from the Mother, from the Goddess, from the God being within us, that this idea that we are a living embodiment and that we actually can activate this Goddess energy, these wisdom goddesses inside our bodies. I'd love you to talk about both of those a little bit more. And what are some of the ways that we can actually do that? If there's a very simple practice that you want to share or, you know, an idea around that, I think it could help us to really just anchor that as not some esoteric knowledge, but actually living within us. And I think that I'd love to have you talk a bit more about that, Asha.
1: Mm. So there in the Shakta Tantra tradition, um, we speak of the Dasha Mahavidyas, the 10 wisdom goddesses that are within all of us. And really all we have to do is invoke them. So those goddesses are Kali and Tara and Tripura Sundari and Bhuvaneshwari and Chinamasta and Bhairavi and Dumavati and Bhagalamuki and Matanji and, um, and Kamalamika or Kamala. And... They reside in various parts of the body. So you think of the body as a um, as the Sri Yantra and the sacred geometry. But when there are specific architects within the womb and that govern the womb, and when With their female and this feminine goddess energy help to bring about a a cosmic balance within the earth realm and within our bodies. And so there are in the tradition that I'm initiated into, which is traditional, a traditional tantric um, lineage, which, you know, often in the West, we think about tantra and we think about tantra in terms of sex and Contrary to popular belief, Tantra was is not about better sex, though when you engage in Tantric practices, if you are sexually active, You should be having a better sexual experience by by, uh, being a tantric. However, tantra itself is not just about better sex. It's not just about coming to higher levels of consciousness through sex and sexual union, but it really is a way of life. It's science. It's a spiritual practice, this technology that transforms us on all levels of existence. And So you can be a tantric and be celibate, but back to awakening the the divine architects of the womb you know these energies within the womb that are wise this wisdom this female wisdom this feminine wisdom on the inside of us but that also creates and to awaken those through the the path that i am initiated into we use mantra shastra we use mantra and sound And through all of the practices that I have um, been initiated into in various ways, and they're all beautiful and they're all valid and they are all, in my opinion, um, necessary for me at least, But mantra, the the mantra shastra and using mantra and sound in specific ways to awaken, especially in the womb. The womb is primarily governed by water, by the element of water. And water we know is affected by sound. If you study cymatics, the study of, of sound on matter and how sound has literally the ability to alter DNA. So this is scientific as much as it is esoteric, but we know that water um, is affected greatly by sound and sound as specific frequencies has the ability to alter DNA. Our DNA has literally been altered through trauma, ancestral trauma, the traumas that we currently face in the world, the stress that we face. We know that trauma can be passed on a good seven years even without you experiencing the trauma that your ancestors have. So using sound, you're able to literally alter your DNA. DNA is made up of hydrogen bonds of water. And we're able to heal on a cellular level and reprogram our DNA by using sound. And so we use out of, I say I had been practicing um, yoga asana and many feminine embodiment Uh, Beautiful feminine embodiment practices, even even yoga, uh, sacred dance, there's moving meditations, pranayama, mudra, mantra, conscious consumption, um, ways of awakening the heart and ritual and ceremony and all of these practices. But the most powerful transformative practice that I really saw a shift when I added that into this beautiful mix of uh, feminine embodiment practices was this this ancient tantric practice of using mantra in a very specific way, directed at specific points in the body, using the bija seed mantras um, for specific goddesses or divine architects within the womb and other parts of the body. So we can... I'll give you a, a simple one for women, and this is not directly for, um, for the womb, but it does help to balance uh, the pineal and pituitary gland to help balance um, hormone levels. And that's simply OM and I'm. OM mm-hmm. and I'm, A-I-M. And chanting them, holding the O short, you know, a lot of times we chant OM and we hold that O long. We hear the chanting of OM. And when you do that, you feel it resonate in the heart, which is beautiful. And we do that sometimes. But if you chant OM with a short O and a long M, OM. Mm. And hold that as long as you can, because I can hold it really long. So I'm not going to do that to you right now. (laughs) And then I'm the same way with a short I. It's spelled A-I-M, but pronounced like I'm. I'm with a short I long M, then you'll get that, um, you'll feel them resonate in the brain but, and you will feel that energy bouncing back and forth between the pituitary and pineal gland. Um, because there's so many mantras and so many ways that, um, that we, that I teach them and where to direct them in the body. Um, that one is the most simple to do on interview like om and i'm chanting those om nine times i'm nine times or chanting them both for if you can sit for 30 minutes and do that when i was initiated into the path my my guru would have me sit for 2 hours which he still does sometimes chanting different mantras but this has been the most powerful transformative practice on mm. every level and It really just took everything else to the next level and so when I have offerings and I and women come and they're they're drawn to the beauty of as you mentioned the website and the dance and and you feel the love and the love that is being cultivated and the sensuousness that's being cultivated I always tell them that the, the power, the catalyst behind that that really helped to drive it to that point was the mantra practice because it's so often overlooked because we love to do all sit Like I love doing that. I love dancing. Like I love moving and doing mudras and feeling into that. But it was awakening the wisdom goddesses on the inside through mantra shastra, which really made everything come alive for me. So I share it in every mm. class I teach, every retreat I have. We're chanting mantras, and women are. It really, really awakens something on the inside of them, because even when you think about all the creation stories, in every single creation story, in every single tradition, the word, the sound, that is it. what preceded creation. This is what birthed forth and all of creation. So I got chills like right now, like literally the hair on my arms standing up right now because it's so overlooked and it's so simple. Oh,
0: that, uh, yes, 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 yes. And as you're sharing this love, I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm, you know what's getting activated in me is that connection between you know the yantras, which are the sacred geometries, right? Mm, the, sacred, yeah. the sacred form that every all life takes as it comes into form from formlessness through these yes. geometric patterns that we see fractalized and repeated, and then the yeah. mantra comes to activate, right? That it activates it, and the mudra seals it into the body. And so I love that you talked about all of this, right? This is this is about how we incarnate into physical mm-hmm. form and I think one of the things that um, so I, I, that I get so juiced about and it's partly because I'm also an ecstatic alchemist and, mm-hmm. and that's my realm of joy um, working yes. with the energies of How do we come into form and be here in this body? And I wanna talk about this for a moment because the models that we've been given in the West, particularly, is that we are here to transcend this body and then we'll reach the Garden of Eden, right? That's the primary (laughs) idea of Christianity. Um, which it was, uh, by the way, the Christianity that we we know about in the West has yeah. nothing to do with what Jesus taught. Yes. <laughs> I just want to say that. Yes. <laughs> right? that, that, that's, that, you know, Jesus and Mary Magdalene taught a very different form of, of Christianity that wasn't even called Christianity back then. It yes. was something else, the way of love. And yeah. but what we've been given is this model that basically says that the, the body is is to be eschewed. the body is dirty, sinful. Mm -hmm. We are sinful in our humanity. Women are especially sinful because Eve ate that apple in the Garden of Eden and Magdalene apparently was a whore, right? These (laughs) stories that we've been given, right? And Lilith-
1: These stories,
0: these stories. Right, and Lilith was thrown out of the garden for saying no to lying (laughs) down and being in the missionary position. So, you know, these are the stories that we have our culture built on that have been used as evidence as to why women particularly, why our bodies are to be issued, but all of our bodies have been treated in this way. And one of the Mm -hmm. things I love about what you're saying is we have to remember, right? This is a path of remembrance. We have to remember that we are holy. And Everything that you're speaking is about recognizing and remembering that the body is sacred and so right and so I would love to just deepen a little bit more with this goddess of love energy Mm. around you know coming the imminence of coming into the Mm -hmm. embodied state Mm -hmm. what does that even really mean (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because I think we use that
1: word right a lot embodied yeah yeah what does it actually mean to be embodied Exactly. Exactly. So to be embodied really is to feel into the feminine aspect of divinity. As you mentioned before, it's, you know, we have been pounded with Transcendence as being the way transcend this body. This body is no good. This body. Women are temptresses. Their body is going to draw you away from God. This, you know, all of these things to take us away from um the feminine aspect of divinity. And there is something to be said about transcendence, but we need both. We need eminence and we need transcendence. And women especially need to be um, fully embodied as we are the the embodiments of the feminine aspect of divinity. It is so important for us to be fully embodied, to be fully awake in our bodies, to really truly know and understand that our bodies are our sacred temple and that there is no shame in our bodies and that we can very much be sensual and sexual and sacred and holy and there is no virgin or split, that these things are reconciled and we understand that we are the totality of all of them. And so when we begin to cultivate, because We've forgotten it's been taken away from us. And it was just been the masculine aspect of divinity and transcendence and transcending the body and going beyond and and you know um, crucifying our flesh. There is something to having discipline, but when you go too far in one way or the other, then you cause an issue there. So when we start to cultivate a conscious, intimate relationship with the goddess with this feminine aspect of divinity, as she lives within each of us, we think about imminence as drawing down divinity into our human body. And that's the feminine way. And then transcendence as moving from the physical body to the spiritual realm as the masculine energetic. And again, we need both. We need, if we just go all full out, body and nothing else matters will destroy ourselves if we go all full out transcendence and I don't want to be here again we destroy ourselves just in a different way And so when we have a healthy understanding for it, it bring into balance and in a feminine body, I would say, if you think about the yin and yang symbol, this symbol is dynamic, the the black with the white dot, the white with the black dot, and it's actually spinning and moving because it's all one non-dual. And the black is the feminine with that little bit of masculine energetic and the white is the masculine with the black (laughs) dot of feminine energetic. And so as women, as feminine essence beings, or if you are a Identify as that, then it's more important that you spend more time embodied and then you still are you still transcend. We naturally transcend as women. We have that natural intuition. That's part of the reason in the tantric tradition that the woman is regarded as higher spiritually, not better than, not greater than. But spiritually higher and more connected because we can easily access the other worlds, other realms. We can more easily access. And when we go there and then we come back, there's still no veil. There's no split. Whereas men, it's a little bit more difficult. The masculine is a little more difficult to access, needs more practices, which is we could go all into yoga. And the yoga practices that are taught primarily now are really men's practices. They're really for Pre-adolescent, you know, pre-pubescent boys to try to restrain that sexual energy and to, to help them to be able to focus and 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 conceptualize spirit and all those things. Really, for masculine male bodies, um, there were whole different teachings of yoga for women, but that's a whole other story. Um, but when we are embodied, we revere imminence, being in our body, seeing our body as sacred, knowing our body as sacred, feeling into pleasure and sensuousness and sensuality, which comes from the heart, as just as sacred as transcendence, as just as sacred as being able to transcend mm-hmm. this body. So we're in it and we're feeling it and we're loving it and we're enjoying it and we're enjoying all of our senses and really being in touch with that and we're not identified with it at the same time. That's being a fully embodied feminine woman, embodying the goddess because when you awaken the wisdom on the inside, you know and understand, I can enjoy, enjoy every single aspect of being a woman, every single aspect of engaging my sense of taste, of touch, of sound, of smell, hearing, all of these things I can completely embrace and love and allow them to awaken my heart of love and draw me into the creation, the creator behind it, draw me into that. So I, I'm, I'm not identified with it, but I enjoy it and I love it. And it's just as sacred and holy as sitting here in meditation with my eyes closed and being able to transcend this body. So oh this gosh. realms of the arts, when we dive into poetry and music and dance, these are all feminine essence, fem- feminine energetic practices, dreams and symbols and divination and nature and animals and flowers and beauty and mudra. All of this is just this feminine energy that's <laughs> so beautiful. <laughs> and, we, and we don't stay attached to it either. We know that it is all temporal, but we, we can enjoy it. So I love that. That's statement. what embodiment is.
0: Asha, that's such a beautiful distinction of the full immersion into the sensual world, but not, but knowing that it is temporal and not mm. becoming attached. And that's obviously in many of the paths that are transcendent based, that's what they'll say is, don't get stuck in the world <laughs> of illusions of the mire of the body, right? And then what people have made that mean is, is oh, you've got to avoid being in our bodies.
1: Crucify that flesh. Yeah. I know, right? <laughs> Seriously. It's completely insane. Yeah, I mean, there's there's something to be said for that path. You know, mm-hmm. some people are here to go down that path. That may right. be the path they need to go down in this lifetime, but it's not the only path and the only way. And it may not be your path and right. your way in this lifetime. And so, when we know and understand that there's many many ways, and um, there's something to be said for all of them, but what is what is the way for you? You know what is going to work for you. You know, we we like to put things in nice, neat little boxes and say, this is what you should do, and this is how you should do it in right. order to transcend, in order to go to heaven, in order to um, <laughs> come back or not come back to get off the wheel of some scar. Like we we hear these things, but Every path is not for every person. It just it really just depends. And there's some people that come here with, you know, that that have um, addictions, that the world of, of, of Tantra and using the embodiment practices and being fully embodied and being able to tap in in that way, that may not be a safe path for you it's possible that you may need to go more of a renunciant path, but that's not for me to decide, you know? And so just knowing and understand that there are a lot of different ways. It depends on what imprints you came into this world with. Um, Mm -hmm. But if we have that. that embodied, if we, as women, we, we all of us though should be able to love, nurture, nourish, and really feel deeply from our hearts and and love our body as a temple. And that does not mean that we can't enjoy all the sensations and, and pleasures that come with being embodied and still be sacred and holy and be able to transcend this body, which is where that masculine white dot of transcendence comes in
0: <laughs> right Woo! Yeah. so I want to invite us all for a moment that was just wow that was so rich and so activating you know and this this message around you know there's so many paths leading us to the one right to that one place that experience of God goddess both within mm-hmm. us around us the whole universe that whole idea that we are here to marry that together within ourselves, you know, and I know that that you're deeply connected into that also that that very early Christian or Gnostic tradition, which is to Mm -hmm. do the Heros Gamos, the the sacred marriage of the divine and the human, which is really what we're talking about here. Yes. Right? And I want to just invite everybody who's listening to feel this bubbling, effervescent energy that Aja has that's so generous and, and excited around this possibility of us embodying heaven on earth right living Mm. in the garden of eden that exists Mm -hmm. within every single one of us returning to that and the, the the realm of beauty and and you know touch and taste and sight and just take maybe even take a moment right now just to look around where you're sitting and just notice the beauty Notice something beautiful that you can see or smell or hear or, you know, that's in your presence and just let yourself be in the presence of that. Experience. This is one of my fa- mm-hmm. my favorite embodiment practices. Mm-hmm. Is when I'm way up in my head, which I love to analyze and think and study. You mm-hmm. know, kind of nerdy on that level. I know you are a bit too. Me angry. too. Yes, yes we both share that. Right? <laughs> so I'm not always down here in my body, honey. So I gotta yes. tell you, I, I'm sometimes surfing the library of Sophia up there oh, doing yeah. my transcendence work, but I have to remember because this is a remembrance that we have been devoid of right for so many centuries to come back down and into my embodied experience of being here and actually feel my aliveness feel that animation of the divine within us and let it be here as much as it is in the other worlds that i go visit so often so Mm -hmm. asha i'm so excited i I know you've just run a retreat in tulum with a whole bunch Mm of Mm-hmm. Of women and, pain and got to drink of the nectar of the goddess with you. So I don't know if you've got anything upcoming that you want to share about, or how people can get in contact with you. We'll have your websites listed on the podcast page. But is there anything you want to share right now mm-hmm. that um, that's coming up, or that you want you would love to invite people to look at?
1: Absolutely. Thank you for for that um, generous offer to share. Oh, sure. <laughs> And I do. I offer um, a twelve-week course twice a year. It's mm-hmm. the next one is beginning in September Woo-hoo. at um, Fall Equinox, and it's called "Embodying the Goddess: A Return to Sensuousness and Embodied Love." And it I- is <laughs> within it. <laughs> yes, within this the twelve-week course, we we dive into. All the, the various practices that I use, including the Mantra Shastra, to awaken the goddess on the inside and to really return to grace. Because through trauma, through fear, through abuse, through oppression and the, the religious dogma that we talked about, that we know that women have just been collectively conditioned, especially now to be aggressive and competitive and um jealous and overtly and distortedly hypersexualized or either frigid and shut down. And mm-hmm. so really we've forgotten that that original grace and that way of being just in our female bodies, reconnecting to our truest feminine essence and learning how to really radiate um, love from the heart and become a magnetic force. you know, understanding that, magnetism that female magnetism is a powerful force it is not anything meek or submissive but it's not aggressive in what we've seen it to be we see that mm-hmm. portrayed and we 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 promote and push women that are outwardly so aggressive and it's really detrimental you know, to everyone around. And there is a way of being assertive and a confident uh, woman sitting back on your throne, magnetizing in your female power on your throne of grace and magnetizing to you everything that is yours without clawing, without grasping, without begging, without pleading, just knowing and understanding what is truly yours is for you. Getting grounded and rooted so your destiny can find you and really allowing being a woman Woman, being a feminine embodied woman to be your spiritual path.
0: And so yes. everything
1: else is a tool. <laughs> you know, everything else is just a tool. This body, this sacred cosmology is a sacred path. It is a spiritual path. And everything else, the rituals, the ceremony, the movement, the sacred dance, the the, the, the feminine form yoga, the pranayama, the meditations, the, the, the walking and connecting with nature, the slowing down, pausing and, and eating in a sensuous way, the remembering how to move in a very sensuous way, awaken something on the inside, but it is this body as temple, this body as sacred cosmology that becomes the path. Ooh. So this is offered <laughs> twice a year, and and this. So what you want to come? On, <laughs> yes, totally. I'm like, oh my goodness, wow! Such a, you know, women that come have is, I'm, you know, I'm beyond humbled and so grateful because <laughs> every time I sit down to offer this, mm-hmm. you know, my guru. He, if he reminds me of nothing else, he reminds me that I am teaching nothing that I have. Yeah. And I, 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 credit I want to give uh, credit and honor to you, Elaine, because you have really truly in your teachings and your transmissions of um, being an empty presence have been so powerful in my own work, because mm-hmm. when I am fully able to come into empty presence to empty myself of mm-hmm. myself of my stuff and just allow the divine mother to pour into me and teach through me then it's such a powerful transmission for the women that are there and and it takes the pressure off of me <laughs> it's not me <laughs> Doesn't it I'm like I'm not teaching y'all anything this is mm-hmm. the divine mother and her fullness and her glory giving you all what you need and so i've able to move myself out of the way and really be a channel and a lot of the, that way of being and sitting in that empty presence I received from watching you sit in empty presence mm-hmm. and pour uh-huh. into others. And so I'm really grateful, yeah. uh, grateful for that and grateful for you. And so any uh-huh. woman that wants to um, <laughs> find out more about the 12 Week in Body and the Goddess course, it's, information is available at goddesstempleoflove.com. And we begin September 22nd and registration is open now and there are payment plans available. And it is so reasonably priced because it has been so transformative for every woman and hundreds of women have come through that I said I have to keep it reasonably priced because more women need access to the work. And then we have the in-person retreats as well that that come at the end of each one of these 12-week sessions. So oh, yum,
0: yum, yum. Well, in closing, I'm going to ask you the red questions. Yes, it's time for the red questions.
1: <laughs> oh, this is interesting. So I ask
0: everybody <laughs> these questions at the end of the red podcast. And red obviously is the pseudonym of the Magdalene. She's the one who
1: instigated
0: and pushed me into this role. She said, do this podcast. Mm. And I said, okay, Mom, here I am. And these are her questions. Okay, Asha, are you ready? What do you avoid but secretly yearn to express?
1: Um, Probably more music.
0: <laughs> more music yeah. that i
1: need to express
0: yeah i, I, I was, was just thinking about you <laughs> i was just had that thought mm. a few moments ago i was like
1: is as making mm. music
0: like are you are you what's the new iteration of that hip-hop artist now well We'll the new I did put
1: out a new album that is the new iteration of her that came out a year well that was out about a year and a half ago I have to send you those videos Elaine I do I want yeah um, it's time to work on a new project so there's a new project that has been bubbling inside that I haven't that I've been yearning to express but I I haven't yet and not quite sure why so I'm just still sitting in that
0: now, well, she's calling you. Mars calling mm-hmm. you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, my next question is, what are you devoted to?
1: Oh, I am devoted to love. I am devoted to woman in all her forms and facets. I am devoted to raising the vibration of love on the planet for the benefit of all beings, really creating this new earth, really, really, really and truly devoted to the divine mother mm-hmm. and her
0: love. What- Beautiful. What fire did you come here to burn? Hmm. Oh, Elaine, these questions. (laughs) And not from me. This is from her, by the way.
1: (laughs) Oh, thank you, Mother. Let's see. What fire did I come here to burn? Hmm. The fire of passion, fire of igniting and sparking change in the world, beginning with ourselves. Mm. Um, this, you know, the, the fire of our spiritual practices really transforming, being transformational on every level of being. So. Mm.
0: Yes, yes, yes. So beautiful. And then this last question is, what is the most revealing thing about you, Azure, that you hide?
1: Hmm.
0: (laughs) I know, right? She's cheeky. She likes to push that edge a little.
1: Okay, let's wait. Repeat that one more time.
0: (laughs) Okay, (laughs) you need to all hear it one more time. Like it goes like this. She says, Aja, what is the most revealing thing about you that you actually hide?
1: The most revealing thing about me that I actually hide? So many things that I don't hide. Um, I would say that... Because so many things that I used to hide, I don't hide. I know, right? Yeah. So it's like now I feel like, yeah, it's like before I'd had a lot of a lot of answers for you. Now, what do I hide? That um, hmm, something that I hide. This is really hard. Like this is really hard. I think I. Uh, the the, the one thing that's coming up is so so not deep at all it's like this has been a really deep conversation then it's like how funny and silly you are like I am the biggest clown ever (laughs) and (laughs) and I sit and I teach and we do all these beautiful flowy practices and I go really deep and transcend and we talk about really deep spiritual things and read beautiful poetry and you know and we sing and we (laughs) chant and we and we do yoga and all this and then I'm I'm like like the biggest goofball ever. Like as soon as it's done, I'm like, okay, it's jokes, it's jokes, it's jokes, it's jokes, it's jokes all day. And my uh, kids are like, you are so funny. So people that are really really close to me, they 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 see the funny. So I think I. I hide my friends yeah. sometimes unless they really hear close you to me. <laughs> I hear you because you when you're out there teaching. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I well I
0: celebrate your goofball, I am also really quirky <laughs> and quite ridiculous. And yes. so you know, that's really part of what I part of why and part of why I started out to do the red podcast for myself was because I was like you know I need a bust to move like I, yes. I, I spend all my time in empty presence you know training people yes. how to get empty and channel the goddess and I'm like I'm, and I'm moving and I'm like actually you know what I'm really kind of quirky and a bit odd and I want to celebrate that about us so red is about celebrating all of us every aspect of who you are it's for women who are leading from the edge birthing new worlds through our bodies our hearts our minds in all the delicious diversity that we are and so I want to just thank you my darling sister Aja I'm sure this is the first of many conversations that we can be having to deepen into and I want to thank your generosity for sharing your heart with us
1: so Thank, you. Thank, Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you for allowing me to be here. And <laughs> I'm I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful. And I'm looking forward to, to visiting you. We were supposed to have a visit in June and the times didn't align. So. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. It's going to happen.
0: It yeah, will happen, happen. happen.
1: All right. Yes, sweetheart.
0: You have a beautiful rest of your day. For everybody who's listening, I'm encouraging you to lean into your red edge. And that's wherever you're being called to, to more fully express yourself to more fully share of yourself, to be more fully alive, whatever that is for you. I'm encouraging you to lean into that edge and let me know about it. Let me know how I can support you in your vision of yourself, in your practices, in your heart. (sighs) We'll be back very soon with our next episode of The Red Podcast, which is for women just like you who are yearning to be more alive and more fully embodied. Bless you all. Speak to you soon. Bye bye for now. I want to thank you for listening to this episode of The Red Podcast. It's been an honor to have you here with us. As Red Women, we are here leading from the edges of our own evolution, birthing new worlds into being through our bodies, our hearts, our minds, and our beautiful presence. If you would like to be in contact with me, I love hearing from you. You can find me on Instagram at elaine.kalila or over on my website, elainekalila.com. And lastly, I'd like to invite you, if you loved this episode, to go ahead and share this with someone that you think might enjoy it too. It's through us sharing our hearts with one another and inspiring one another that we reveal our red, that evolutionary edge that is just waiting to be fully expressed in all aspects of our world. Until next time, many, many blessings.